Namaskar and welcome to Daily Global Insights, episode 285. A shout out to our viewers to like this program so it can reach its maximum potential. Today is Saturday, the 27th of November, and here's what is happening around the globe. World Health Organization to debate the dangerous South Africa Corona variant, variant with many mutations as gloom takes over across the world. Is it really that bad as it being portrayed? And what is this new name? Um, Omicron. To, to, to know all this and more, let us join our co-host, Sridhar Chityalaji. Sridharji, what do you make of this new mutant from South Africa, sir? Is it originating only there? Are other countries also affected? Should, us, should, should we all collectively start worrying again? Or what is the reality? Namaskar. Good morning to everybody uh, on this uh, Saturday uh, edition of uh, DGI. Uh, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Uh, yes, I think um, the, if, I, uh, if the name is correct, it is the Omicron uh, virus uh, suddenly detected in South Africa. Um, and it's, it is supposed to have concurrent multiple mutation capabilities with adverse reactions possibilities. They detected and analyzed it in one human being based on the research brief that has been given by the South African doctors and research uh, scientists. But South Africa alone is not the place that this has been seen. There is a case now reported from Belgium. There's a case in Hong Kong. There possibly is a case in New Zealand. The fact that this is now you know, visible across geographically very dispersed places. Remember, we still have uh, rising cases in China. Um, and China is containing it, or China is very limited information is flowing from it. Uh, based on all the things that people are alluding to and reporting, uh, it is something that one needs to be uh, careful and cautious about and also worry, cost for curry, because the cost for worry, uh, because it seems to get through the immune system uh, of the current vaccine protocols. Um, and it has this mutation capabilities, which means it is not that easily contained. So which makes everybody to take caution. Um, already you have seen reaction from some parts of the world, including India, where they have uh, at least temporarily banned flights from some, at least seven African nations. And that has been followed by UK and some of the European nations as well. And Europe already is in the middle of a rising wave uh, fourth way, uh, this only means that they are even contemplating, you know, further stringent measures, which is not accepted by the people. So uh, while that goes on, the vaccine manufacturers are already at work on this, but it is this ability of this virus to mutate and get past and get through the immune system is what is causing concern for the scientists around the world. And for what it's worth, if you can get a booster shot, go ahead and get it. Also, flu shots are being recommended this year for the American citizens and people living in the United States. So I encourage everyone to take flu shots also. And we have to wait and see. You have to you have to place your trust in the scientific community on their ability to be able to come up with effective vaccines and, and ride it out. Collectively, the world has to ride this thing out. And United Kingdom has banned flights from six African nations on the new variant fears. 
and uh, this uh, like Sridharji said that it is now reared its ugly head in Hong Kong and we have to wait and see how this plays out. This is not something that needs to be taken lightly. At the same time, we should wait for accurate information. So we will keep you posted. In fact, that was one of the reasons why we decided to do this special broadcast on Saturday. We have another follow-on at 9 p.m. IST in about an hour from now with Major Madan on a different topic. So stay tuned. Let's go on to the next news item. China says it uh, notes JP Morgan chief regret over his CCP remark and asks market not to hype it. Sideji, this is a great old sir. Well, I think that it is uh, JB Diamond, uh, you know, has been briefed by his internal communications team because he's not that easy a man to be restrained. Uh, the fact that he made his statement and uh, then, you know, there was uh, media hyped it up. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, there are several tweets uh, and, um, and you know, um, uh, on this specific topic. And I also tweeted basically to say there's one particular person in the world uh, who uses data as a mechanism to make express his views. Uh, and, you know, so he expressed his views, which is effectively to say using two dots, two dates, which is 29 to 2021 and 1921. Uh, you know, the JP Morgan is 1921. So, and it continues. So he went on to, use that as a comment and that obviously, uh, you know, has some connotations because JP Morgan has a footprint in China. They have a Chinese dedicated uh, executive for the China operations. So obviously some reverberations, but the fact that he has expressed regret and China has made it a point to accept it and basically say, let's move on, just shows the power of JP Morgan. And it also shows the power of Mr. Diamond uh, you know, by way of his ability to exert influence globally, including through China. And Joe Biden is dogged by cancellation of Keystone XL pipeline as gas prices soar and the OPEC plus refuses to budge. The soaring prices are taking its toll across Asia. Sridharji, I thought now the prices were kind of settling. Uh, they were just below 70 or, or just below 80, I should say. Um, do you see the trend continuing over the next few days? Because maybe it will uh, pull back. Uh, well, I think there has been a temporary relief. Uh, you know, in every adversity, you get an opportunity to uh, recalibrate. Uh, the COVID virus and the shutdown uh, has brought price down by close to 13% in one single day. That was on Friday. The oil prices went below $70, they are around 68. Um, and the, the flow on effect may be felt in about a week or 10 days. If uh, the current trend of uh, shutdowns and more bad news comes from COVID, probably providing much needed relief. But the fact is during the holiday season, we just passed, the Thanksgiving day is one of the big seasons and the next is the, the Christmas day. Uh, so you find that, uh, you know, during that period, the prices uh, have hiked. Uh, and then across Asia, which is reliant on uh, the fuel uh, to tool their economies, uh, including the, the airline travel uh, during this Christmas and the onset of January, which also Chinese New Year and so on, uh, doesn't uh, did not augur well, because the reason is that the economies are finding the 
headwinds arising from that. So we need to wait and see as to whether this is sustained and whether the prices will remain below 70 or you will see temporary aberrations and prices going up. On OPEC Plus, they will not have any holes and they're not, they're not going to listen to Mr. Biden. So um, there is now a new concern. Now, if there is uh, another strain that is running you know, amok, would that affect economies around the world who are struggling with financing the climate project? I mean, there is a fight for existence. And then we are all saying that, oh, it will be great if we can get uh, you know, these climate control things in place. Do you see that getting affected, Sridharji? Uh, in countries which uses uh, common sense and practicality as uh, tools in approaching this issue, you will begin to see some recalibration. Uh, they are not going to sink the economies by throwing money at the climate when people need to be cared for today uh, without, before getting into tomorrow. So I may see, uh, we may see uh, recalibration or delaying of some of the efforts. As you rightly pointed out, we have COVID, uh, we have inflation, and then we have the new COVID virus and potential shutdowns. All this needs to be accounted for. Vaccines needs to be funded and new vaccines need to be funded to basically to make sure that the population and people uh, are cared for and accommodated now, will you allocate additional capital in these circumstances uh, towards very specific COPS 26 programs? The answer is no, uh, possibly barring United States. Okay, United States, you have advocacy and activism, uh, so they may continue. You remember $550 billion is already allocated in this budget to be uh, soon passed. Uh, if at all it is passed uh, as is by the Senate, it is still taken up what's in the Senate discussion. So one has to apply common sense in um, in managing this, uh, especially when economies are trying to uh, trying to revive. And already Asia is seeing the headwinds. And Siberia coal mine blast kills at least 52 miners and rescuers. Sridharji, what happened in Siberia? Uh, one more blast in the uh, Russian mine. Um, uh, there was a buildup of the methane gas deep down, um, and uh, you know, there has uh, been hue and cry around uh, the safety and security measures that needs to be in place. Uh, and then that was, uh, you know, is that the case or not the case? We don't know. The investigations are in early days, but a significant uh, mind blast, one more mind blast and a lot of lives lost and, you know, more to come. Now, the, the important thing that one needs to factor in here is that, uh, you know, Russia will continue to mine. Uh, for various things, uh, including for coal, because now it has a new uh, client in China. So what happens to zillions of dollars which others are funding uh, when these two puffing bellies uh, continue to puff coke, uh, coal uh, remains a big mystery. But you can see even the accidents don't deter uh, the continued pursuit of what uh, each of these two countries uh, plan to do. Sridharji, in jest, uh, is it too cold for canaries to uh, hang around in Siberia? <laughs> I would, I would think so too, uh, uh, Sri Sri Ayaji. 
U.S. lawmakers arrive in Taiwan for the second trip in a month to the island nation as Biden seeks channel to Xi's inner circle. I'm trying to read something between the lines here. And uh, to know more about it, of course, I'm not going to miss an opportunity to trumpet my own product. And, and this, this does explain what uh, that particular news item said. I feel vindicated in many ways, Sridharji, and you should too, because you're the one who kind of encouraged me to do the research and write this fictional book, that whatever we are predicting, well, like clockwork is happening. Well, when we use data-based approach, rather than advocacy versus activism, or advocacy and activism, always data wins. There are data, and there is data, and there is data. One can suppress it as much as one wants. One can twist it as much as one wants. But eventually, it is the data-driven model that defines both actions and outcomes. That is what we are seeing in this case here. So, um, viewers, just a little bit of context, because you may or may not have seen some of the videos that we put out of Elmer Yuan. So the palace intrigues in China, according to Elmer, are that Zhang Ziming, Zhang Ziming, who was the premier 15, 20 years ago, he wanted to have his handpicked successors to come. And something somewhere went wrong. And Le Kikang lost out to Xi Jinping. And I think this is the person that the United States is trying to reach out to. Maybe, I don't know. Sridharji, your thoughts. Well, it's interesting. I don't know whether Elmer mentioned uh, he is much more of an expert, notwithstanding, you know, I've spent a little bit of uh, time in China as well during those. Hu Jintao, who was supposed to vote for um, uh, Li Keqing, uh, suddenly twisted and gave his uh, consent to Mr. Uh, Xi Jinping. Rest is history. So what you're seeing here is Biden is... Uh, obviously, one can connect one plus one and make it three or one plus one and make it zero. Uh, you know, right in his household, he has a very strong footprint who has direct access into the upper echelons of uh, the Chinese uh, power matters, power brokers. So therefore, they are trying to see whether they can reach uh, whosoever they can. So there is a hard and soft play uh, in managing the, the Chinese uh, influence around the world. And the Philippines will not remove a dilapidated Navy ship grounded on an atoll in South China Sea, its defense chief stated, rejecting Chinese demand. China had blocked Philippines supply vessels to the ship in South China Sea. I think this is the first time this news is breaking out. So perhaps you can uh, give us a bit of a context on this, Sridharji. Yes, in 1999, in uh, just off uh, the Philippines, around the Sprotley Islands in the middle of China Sea, one of these uh, ships got stuck and uh, they could not, uh, you know, demaroon it. And, and they have used that specific vessel for naval and strategic purposes. And that ship has remained right in the center of South China Sea within the Philippine territory not too far from Sprotley Islands, which is contested. We have given detailed sessions, separate sessions, dedicated sessions, where we have talked about Scarsbury schools and the Philippine uh, contention, constant and persistent contention with the Chinese. So the Philippine ships, 
cargo vessels regularly do supplies to this and make sure that the naval um, uh, uh, forces which are there uh, are looked after. Now, suddenly, uh, the Chinese began to block the supply lines, creating a confrontation between Philippines and China. And both nations stood their ground. In came the ASEAN summit when Mr. Xi Jinping addressed ASEAN online. And uh, he was trying to persuade and uh, ooh, the ASEANs to be much more proactive with China. <coughs> In the process, uh, made concessions to the supplies. Supply lines have resumed, but the issue is lingering right at the back. So this is not the one uh, area of contention. They have contention with Brunei, etc. But this particular one is this maroon ship. Maybe in uh, Monday edition, we'll show the picture of where the ship is uh, and what the ship looks like. Absolutely, sir. And as always, uh, you know, you have to admire Sridharji for remembering things that happened 20 years ago. I don't remember what happened 20 hours ago. Europe looks to bolster Indo-Pacific ties as Cambodia hosts two-day visual or I should say virtual ASEM, Asia-Europe meeting. Europe sheds China-centric approach and is attempting to find new ways. A little late, but I don't know what to say. Sridharji, what do you think? Better late than never is what I would say. So I think it's important that you, you really needs to take an active footprint, not just in Asia and Indo-Pacific. It really needs to take an active footprint in its own territory as to the broad expansion, very much along the lines of what China is attempting to do around Asia, what Russia is attempting to do around its Western borders, most notably around Ukraine, Moldova, Belarus, uh, including into some of the Central Asian republics. So what is going on there? You know, I think Europe needs to really take care. Otherwise, this could slip into the Eastern Europe, uh, you know, covering Lithuania, Poland, Latvia. Uh, we have shared the map. Uh, I'm just recalling from the map again, something that we may show on Monday again, as to the strategic expansion in influence uh, that Russia is trying to exert. So, you, you, I mean, it's good that they have come late and they have this Indo-Pacific uh, strategic push, but it's time that Europe takes a much more active role and NATO in specific without relying on the coattails or relying on uh, United States or tacking behind the coattails of United States. And Italy, France are working towards deepening ties as Merkel exit. Test Europe on the way forward. So, so there was a larger-than-life shadow being cast by Angela Merkel because she's been around for a lot longer than many of the other leaders. And Germany, which used to pride itself as the strongest partner in the EU as well as in the Euro, I should say, uh, perhaps now its hold has weakened a little bit. And I think France has started asserting itself. That's how I see it because now UK is no longer uh, part of the EU. And uh, I, I think this is something that is a, is a storm within a storm, Sridharji. What do you, uh, how do you feel, sir? Well, I think France is clearly exerting its authority. Uh, France is trying to establish itself as the leader. Uh, the German government has just been formed, is being formed. A coalition has been established. Uh, we talked about it. 
Um, so in the absence of Germany, France uh, clearly remains. UK has left Brexit, as you rightly said. What you're finding is Italy trying to slowly build its own small, small partnerships. So Italy and France is very good. I don't know whether you recall, we talked about Italy and India uh, along the International Solar Alliance, uh, forming a much broader partnership where Italy has agreed to build uh, the, the solar distribution corridors in India, but also take that uh, into Europe. So you're beginning to see Mario Grahi is, um, uh, is a well-known uh, international uh, economist, and uh, I won't use the word politician, but an economist and a banker. And, uh, you know, he has uh, enough clout and influence. It's good to see uh, Italy, uh, you know, uh, raising its hands and trying to work with France and to give some shape and direction. It is the lack of leadership within Europe, which is why you have all these issues from Belarus to Ukraine to some of the stuff that is going on around uh, 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 European borders. And Ukraine president says the coup has been thwarted by Kremlin backers and Kremlin denies its role. The other Russian proxy, Lukashenko, tells migrants at Polish border, go through, go. Two planes bring back migrants from Belarus to Iraq. So first off, there was a coup attempt in Ukraine. And Kremlin means, I think, Russia. Yeah. Uh, so let's take it one by one, sir, perhaps, uh, because there's a lot that happened in that one particular statement. Please uh, lead us through it a little bit slowly. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is the triumvirate, Russia, Ukraine, Belarus. And Belarus, uh, you know, borders with uh, Russia as well as it is adjacent to Ukraine. Uh, first and foremost, there has been a uh, coup attempt by Kremlin using internal political forces within Ukraine. Uh, the current prime minister of Ukraine has been successfully able to thwart and these uh, coup plotters have been uh, neutralized. Okay, so that to that extent, uh, Ukraine has won the game. Ukraine has also prepared itself to some extent assisted by United States and Europe, notably UK, uh, to thwart any attempts or any uh, possible uh, incursion or uh, invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Russia continues to claim that uh, that it has no intention to invade Ukraine. Um, it made that statement as well, asserted that statement to the U.S. Uh, diplomatic representative when they had that conversations. Uh, so that's one part of the game that Russia is uh, using its covert methods to, uh, to, uh, to exert influence. On the other front, which is namely the Belarus, the Belarus is also being supported by the Russians. So what does the Belarus president do? He's egging on all these illegal migrants or migrants as it's called to me they are refugees uh, who have come in uh, and sought refuge they are not migrants they have not migrated to the nation they have either landed by planes supported by turkey and belarus itself and they've landed and they've been egged on by the belarus president to cross the border into poland and lithuania most notably poland um, so therefore you have that specific issue looming the important message here is some of these same Iraqis who landed in Belarus have returned back uh, to Iraq, recognizing that there is a potential conflict. What this means is that whatever we have been saying and whatever the news agencies are reporting is absolutely correct. There is an attempt from three countries, Yemen, Syria and Iraq, to have refugees gushing through 
Belarus into Europe. It's really regrettable that because of a pandemic, many countries and sometimes even groups and communities are resorting to mischief. This is not the way you're going to conquer the virus. And, and if the, the way these things spreads, you know, it's going to affect everyone. And why do you want to go and, you know, uh, you know uh, harm innocent people? I don't know. I can only appeal to somebody's feeling of dharma, you know, the right over wrong. And, and that's all we can do in this. Beyond that, you know, we can we can shut yourself off from seeing people, which many of us have already done. But, you know, there, there's a limit to this. And it's very, very regrettable. France says several police were injured in uh, during an unrest in Martinique and Guadalupe, resisting vaccine mandates and protocols. One can understand the fact that people have been hemmed in for two years. I don't know how you can enjoy what used to be life before and still be not uh, vulnerable to some of these uh, viruses, which, again, people are still not willing to accept where it originated from, Sridharji. Isn't that like a precursor for doing anything about this virus? Well, I think that is, you have hit the nail on the head. Uh, there is no attempt uh, to go to the source. There is no attempt to figure out how it is getting disseminated into different parts of the world. But suddenly something pops up, they report, and then they try to give you <coughs> an analysis. There is tremendous reluctance on the part of the global community to blame China. There has been three or four attempts by WHO to get to the lab and figure out the source and cause and how this could have spread from the Wuhan lab. <coughs> China gave in, then suppressed, prevented access, and basically monitored heavily the, uh, the, uh, the research and the investigation. And there was a power change in the United States. Everything diluted, and we don't need to call until 2020 and January, maybe 2021, we used to call it as Chinese virus or COVID-19. Uh, now we have begun to name this as, you know, with Greek alphabets. And we continue to chase the tail without figuring out how this whole thing is formed. So you, what you are raising is very, very true. But there is no attempt and there is no consent and consensus because China has a strong footprint in WHO, has a footprint in the United Nations, and there is no global leadership uh, in a unified... They have no leadership. Forget the uh, anything else. Just on this matter, forget human rights, forget every one of those. On this COVID situation, you know, the world must unite. 5.2 million deaths as we speak. 5.2 million deaths. People can go back and look. Is there any single incident or set of incidents where 5.2 million people globally have lost lives because of a single event. COVID is the only event. Why it cannot be contained? Why it's called a pandemic? Because it can be happen anywhere in the world and it can spread from anywhere in the world because people travel. That is the giganticity of this issue. But there is no attempt to solve this problem, sir. And the U.S. is vulnerable to electromagnetic attacks from adversaries such as China and North Korea. Sridharji, this is Providence. My next book, I haven't named it yet, 
is about electromagnetic pulse and how it can be used as a weapon. And uh, what can I say? I mean, karma. Go back to December and January 2020 and 2021. There was some kind of an attack in one of the uh, Nashville AT&T Towers. There's a huge blast. There was various theories being floated around, uh, including how the blast could have been caused. Uh, then go back uh, last quarter of uh, and second quarter, third quarter of 2020. Look at some of the power grids that were affected in United States. Probably rather than myself, you can go and find the truth yourself. Um, in fact, EMP first reared its ugly head on a cruise ship in the high seas, 2010 or 2011. Guys, there's so much happening in the backdrop. I mean, it it's scary. That's all I can tell you. At the same time, there is one country that doesn't play by the rules and it does get away with, I should say, literally murder. Because that's what it is if it's proven that, uh, you know, the source of the virus, uh, wherever it is. Anyway, let's leave it at that point. Florida governor wants removing communist rebels from terrorist list is a serious mistake as the world attempts to plunge into socialism. What? Now the, uh, the progressives are working off of a list of people that they want to allow into the United States? What has come Before, in, sir? They want to support their comrades from Cuba, Venezuela, and other parts of Central America, okay, they think that they are just comrades, uh, you know, fighting for uh, suppression and rights and so on and so forth. So it would be a grave mistake uh, to remove these people who have plundered and who have used oppression as a tool uh, to reign in power uh, to be excluded is the scientist's point. Remember, again, from within United States and in United States, one state or two states raising voice on many of these issues, which may come back and haunt the world later. And that's coming from Florida and Texas, notably Florida. And uh, uh, no one in the world is speaking about the challenges that arise as a result of these fascist leaders who have created havoc and who continue to survive and sustain. And Biden is restarting Trump-era immigration policy. A lot of damage has already been done, says a labor union president. Sridharji, what choice does the U.S. government have? That was the only option available. I think now it has to be done again. And, and why is this union labor president complaining, Sridharji? Some people seem to have completely lost the perspective on what has been the United States of America for over 200 years. Uh, what you're witnessing is an internal battle between the progressive Democrats who want to rule the roost of the Democratic Party versus the historical support that Democrats have enjoyed amongst labor unions, which is fair wages, fair rights, etc., uh, etc. Et the moment you allow a large pool of illegal alien resources 
who are coming in not because of oppression, suppression and violations, but coming in in pursuit of economic welfare and employment, then they can basically say, I get two hoops about you guys, unions, $15, I'll work for $5. So it cuts right into the, the core theory of the labor unions. So the labor union fellow is saying, hey, you are saturating and flooding this country. We're all going to lose jobs because those guys will work for $5. They are not citizens. They are not, uh, you know, we can't enforce. They can't become members, but they can work. You have allowed them work rights, work permission and work rights, and they will do it at one third the price. So this is the irony between within the Democratic Party. This is what the labor union president is saying. If you continue at this rate, there will not be all this new labor comes in. So which is the reason why there's a significant amount of people, at least one conclusion one can draw as to why people are leaving jobs. And India is set to get six Rafale fighter jets with India-specific enhancements in the next two months. Indian Navy's Fort Scorpion class submarine has been commissioned, strengthening its capabilities. Sridharji, this... Um, these developments as India, India continues to arm itself to its teeth, you know, it, it's a good measure. And I don't know if you had a chance to see my other video that I put out just a few hours ago, Ji. Uh, this is on India's green energy pursuit, where I was responding to or complimenting what Nitin Gadkari had shared on a Republic TV uh, hangout. And, and there, there is a lot of stuff that is happening. India is trying to really, really try to become its own supplier for its energy needs. Now, um, they, they, so there is, a, there is a shift that I'm seeing. India is trying to wean itself away from buying arms from others. It's also where it is weak. It is trying to, uh, you know, um, uh, add up to, uh, you know, what its existing capacities are. And, and we have to keep in mind, 10 years of UPA, they ruined the armed forces. This is something that you need to look at major Bakshi's conversation, I believe, also on Republic TV. You have to listen to a lot of these things. I'm connecting a lot of dots here together. The bigger point here is India perhaps will first become Atmanirbhar in its um, arms and ammunition requirement. If that happens, India has truly arrived that's how I see it, sir. Your thoughts? Uh, I think you have, uh, you are beginning to, uh, you know, get a sense of where they are heading. Um, I would point out to three specific areas where India is concurrently plotting. Uh, some of this you may see in Nitin Gadkari's presentation. Some of this you will see it in Piyush uh, uh, Goyal's presentations and some of which you will see it in Rajnath Singh, the Defense Minister's presentations and the Chief of the uh, Armed Services. Uh, one is around the whole infrastructure and it is a multi-nodal infrastructure both for defense, commercial as well as for people. Right, so there is everywhere there is uh, you know infrastructure being built from roads to highways to uh, to airports. That's one big big area where India is saying we are ready. The second is, as you rightly pointed out, is energy. Um, there is this multi-party uh, collaboration, and India is now uh, coming up with a very meaningful plan in 
saying that their power purchase agreements with many of the uh, power companies will be augmented as uh, they try to rebalance the supply from the traditional coal uh, and move much more towards the renewable energy. So you have that second area. The third that you have tried to is they have tried as much as possible uh, and moving towards, I think they're somewhere close to, uh, you know, greater than 60%. They're moving towards about 90% indigenization of the arms uh, production or the defense needs. So many of these helicopters, uh, light uh, helicopters, uh, light planes, uh, the retooling of Tejas, uh, the satellite, uh, both for commercial and for defense and surveillance purposes, uh, the submarines and the, uh, the ship carriers, uh, the large carriers, they're all happening inside in an integrated manner. Um, I was, uh, without going into the details, I listened to a, 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 a presentation in 2016, December, by some of the, um, the industrial people who are actively engaged and involved in this uh, defense indigenization of the production activities. It is quite amazing when you look at what India is now uh, producing, including Tomahawk missiles. Uh, from uh, you know various types of things that it is uh, it is I'm just I just threw that particular name. Uh, so I think your observations are spot on that India is now uh, trying to become a true power, not just in an economic sense, but around various drivers that is required to be a power to reckon with. And a five trillion dollar economy is not possible without Northeast economic development and integration, says. Amit Shah. Sridharji, again, in another hangout, we had talked about the vulnerability around chicken snack as well as an offshoot of what had happened in Bangladesh on a fake news. And, and I think things are beginning to add up again as India is start trying to look at the Northeast as a place where development needs to happen. Um, but coming from Amit Shah, it tells you that there was a security angle to this whole thing. And I think he is hinting that he may have addressed that. That's how I see it. Your thoughts? I think he's reaffirming. Uh, I don't know the political as well as the security connotations specifically in that context. There was a problem in uh, Manipur and Mizoram. Uh, and I think that seems to have been. And there was also a problem around Assam. Uh, and it seems to have been addressed. But he is towing the same line, which is effectively that security, economics, infrastructure, connectivity of Northeast and economic development of Northeast is very pivotal because it is, uh, when you look at the map, uh, Northeast is the corridor that connects into Southeast Asia, you know, going through Myanmar, Thailand, uh, going all the way up to the tip of uh, Indonesia. Uh, when I say tip, I mean the Indonesian island archipelago is adjacent, uh, but going right up there. Uh, one of the days uh, we will do a show, which is what is the actual GDP makeup? And people will be surprised, pleasantly surprised, when you put the northeastern states together. Uh, you know, and why? the upliftment of the GDP uh, is very essential with infrastructure and connectivity um, so that it becomes a very strategic conduit. They've done a lot of things, but they do recognize this chicken neck problem 
which China has been flushing both uh, directly and also uh, by needling and noodling unnecessarily Bhutan. But we will touch on this. And India to resume international flights from the 15th of December. There, there is a little bit of a clarification that is coming out today. Not sure yet. Uh, but as of today, officially, like as of this minute, this news is still uh, valid because I am flying and, and there is no issues. I mean, uh, that, okay, my flight is different. This is for all flight. They were going to open it up. I don't know if, uh, you know, there has been an update on this, but I think officially it is still true. Sridharji, have you got any update on this? I think they're trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, throw the line of international uh, decisions around the some of the African nations which have been identified as uh, vulnerable and uh, uh, still need to be addressed. So I think that is what they're looking at. But having said that, having recently traveled to India, I think India does have a very good protocols in place right now. It doesn't matter when you land in India, you your nose is noodled uh, and uh, you are uh, uh, what you call PCR or uh, active PCR, rapid PCR or uh, uh, RT-PCR test is taken. And by the time you get to your hotel or your home or somewhere, uh, within the few hours you get your result, um, you have to give a local telephone number by which they can track you, uh, they will know they have a, they have it in the record. They don't accept a U.S. number or probably a, a, an Australian or an Asian number. Then you need a reference number. They obviously have your passport details. Uh, so I think that this tracking mechanism will continue if they determine that some adverse uh, outcome was as a result. Then you will be called and as a sought and uh, quarantined. So I think they have put in place. But they're taking the additional layer of uh, precaution by saying temporarily, let's uh, stop the stations. And the Tatas are in discussions with states to set up semiconductor units at $300 million each. Sridharji, that investment sounds a little low on the lower side. Um, should that not be higher number, Sridharji? Semiconductor, uh, sir, you are an expert in this specific domain. Uh, you know, so the story is that uh, semiconductor fab plants, each of them, you know, uh, have a limited shelf life and cost minimum billion dollars to set up. Um, and it can go upwards depending on the type of chip that is being fabricated. Uh, having said that, you know, you have to look at India's uh, PPP, uh, dollar parity relative to the capital warranted. So if I, if I use billion dollars, $300 million sounds reasonable in terms of dedicated specific purpose uh, chip manufacturing in uh, by the Tata attempts. But uh, so to me, three important messages. One is Tata is in it. Two, they will put very sound uh, industrial fabrication plants that is, you know, given Tata's enviable record. I don't believe the dollar is a specific issue. It's just making sure that they, they get these three states to tow in, allocate them the land and move forward. Well, that brings us to a close of today's edition. Be, uh, be there. We'll be back on Monday again. And uh, I might not be able to uh, uh, be on that news, but Sridharji will be on there. And as always, we need your support. Please do like, share, and subscribe to our channel. Have a great weekend and Namaskar. Namaskar. Thank you. And uh, have a wonderful day. Look forward to seeing you all. Uh, we, we may also have a market session, but we yes. will, if you know, uh, the market summary, which we do usually on Sundays. But we'll Sundays, right. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, there is a market summary also on Sunday.
Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sujaji. Namaskar. Thank you. Namaskar. Have a good day.